Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me as always to discuss an insane amount of racing is my good friend Sarah. How are you Sarah? I am. I watch so many races and live races. I watch live BMX. I watch live mountain bike. I watched live. I watched road races three days in a row and I, I had to I know we say it every week, but the, I mean, honestly, this week there's been so much fucking racing on. It's not funny. Like, but how cool is it that it's all like that? I were... had literally had to split my screen. <laughs> on one side and BMX on the other. Oh. And I'm like, I'm spoiled. And next Saturday, Sunday is even better. There's three different live races to watch. It's, it's just, it's mind boggling. It's um yeah so you know as we've mentioned um previously in the course of this the first year of the world tour for women's cycling um was going to be a year with ups and downs this is definitely an up at the moment well kind of i mean the thing is is i have to say sorry um they're not necessarily the biggest well i uh, sorry on the road they're not the biggest races in the world and it's fascinating because i'm i'm writing a i'm halfway through writing a a blog about how to watch the race on sunday and you've got a mountain bike downhill world cup you know uh, amazing the philadelphia classic um which is world tour those two are legit top yeah. of, you know legit top and top world class races and but the other one is the Zweed Kempsey classic which is the first time it's run as a uci race and it's the first time it's streamed live it's part of the lotto cycling cup and that's what this year's been about is it's not that the world tour is increasing the, the amount of coverage it's just that coverage is increasing and winston-salem there were four races in winston-salem this week because they have had last year the uci road race and the and the crits the usa yep. crits first which which you know they've had um they they streamed last year but this year they also had the usa national championships itt and road race yep. so it, it, it's it's i mean this is where this is why we were so grumpy about the tour of california not being streamed was because we're used to some kind of streaming from USA races, yeah, you know, the, the, the US races, domestic level, that exactly, will stream. Exactly. The US races are particularly good at providing, you know, solid, you know, basic level coverage, you know, and some some go up from there. But, you know, at the very least, it's, it's it, look, just to be really, really blunt about it, it's a level of coverage that we don't get from a lot of the top level European races. And it's been a real sticking point to be able to go, well, fuck, you know, even, even the smaller races in the US can put coverage on. So, come on, yes, okay, we all know I'm talking about Flesh Full On, but still... Yeah, but this is the thing about the Lotto Cycling Cup as well. Like the Lotto Cycling Cup is proving that they they started off the um, year with Omit van Hageland being shown, and then the Zweed Kempsey Classic is now being streamed live, and they're yeah. asking on their Twitter, you know, on their Twitter feed, do you want more streaming? Yeah, and it's it's not the interesting thing is it's also not stuff that's being planned long term, and it's also not that expensive because when people say how much it costs to stream live, they're talking about the you know aeroplane in the sky. Um, yeah, with the four, two helicopters. You know, four motos yeah, yeah, yeah that model but all of these races are showing that this is relatively cheap streaming like yeah, it's, yeah, it's exactly and and that's the thing you don't have to go to full broadcast live on hd tv level of production to be able to provide a basic stream you know yeah and it's glorious. I mean, so we've got lots and lots of small races. And I laughed because the Olympic qualification period ended on the 31st of March. And one of the reasons we've had so many races and so many small races and pop-up races and <laughs> surprise races has been because of this. Now, obviously, American Nationals happens at the same time of year. Winston-Salem's happened at the same time of time year. But on you know some lots of these races it's just random this weekend but it's just may has been absolutely chocker with yeah. small races that were pop-ups a little bit so on friday saturday we had the um the the classic morbihan which is part of the coupe de france we had the bowls hills classic which is a long-term race but it's moved around the calendar we had the usa national championships or oh, maybe that's friday i don't know then we had the um winston-salem criteria so then we had the usa road race we had horizon park classic and the gp plumelec which are the horizon park is a um a race in the ukraine and then we had um oh my god i can't even remember then we had quick harrodsberg and quick on the 29th with vr women and also more winston-salem crit 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 <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
Oh my god! It's been five years in the making, but that's the best. <laughs> I nearly said slip in the tongue. <laughs> We've ever made. <laughs> No one heard it, Dan. Look, if we just pretend it's normal, they'll just they'll just gloss over it. They won't know that we talked about it. Um, but oh god, oh shame. Um, we also had the BMX World Championships in Medellin, in Colombia, which oh my god, such a beautiful setting. And we also had uh, the Mountain Bike World Cup in La Bresse in France, which was I just nearly slipped the tongue there too. Um, which was beautiful too. So there you go. Um. Uh, so much more as well, because um, lovely, lovely, lovely Peter van der Veen. If you follow cycling on Twitter, which you should, you should definitely be following Peter van der Veen, Peter Vedervein on Twitter. He is just incredible. He has a psychic rapport for racers, but he also has a really intelligent mind for working things out. And he's very, very, very kindly written a guest blog um, looking at what the end of the Olympic qualification period means and what he thinks this means for which teams get to send how many countries it has caveats up to the eyeballs of there's this the uci has discretion and they might interpret <laughs> the rules differently so i do so this isn't this is just what i think people yeah. which to be fair is literally how everyone has to deal with the uci so you know i mean at, at the end of the day the rules could all change at the last minute because i don't know they decided they only wanted left-handed riders or something like fucking oh. I am gutted because I still don't quite understand how this happened. But on because of the Winston Salem Classic, which wasn't won by a French person, the winner meant that France got an extra place, and poor Denmark got knocked down, got got knocked out of an oh, automatic no. place by one point. So, so <laughs> I think poor Denmark is desperately hoping that some of the countries will be turning down some of their places. It's oh, it's. Shit. People keep reading this and going, I have no idea what Peter's saying. And it's not because of Peter. He is a genius. Yeah, yeah. He's very simply. But basically, if it's TLDR, just go to the <laughs> just go to the um go to the go to the table, have a look at it, and then I'm gonna start writing some pieces about the various politics about yeah, yeah. we'll get to go. Hey. But yeah, apparently today the UCI will actually put put out what their take on the um uh, on the olympic on the olympic qualifications will be so if i yeah, suddenly yeah. get really distracted it's because the, the 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 press release press has bounced into my inbox but at the moment it looks like netherlands united states italy australia and germany get four spots each Ooh. poland sweden great britain canada and belgium and france get three and then south africa and luxembourg get two which is hilarious because all those points have only been won by one rider and yeah. then uh, then russia ukraine belarus uh finland cuba new zealand mexico switzerland spain chinese taipei norway azerbaijan thailand austria slovenia lithuania cyprus israel japan chile south korea namibia and venezuela get one and brazil gets two places by dint of it being the host nation but um yeah um basically if you're looking at it going that doesn't really make much sense sarah just remember that the ioc prioritizes number of nations taking part rather than yeah. the best nations taking part yeah, and this is yeah. a, a, an olympic thing across all cycling and possibly across all sports yeah it's it's one of those things about the olympics is that participation is a big um political factor and I'm, i mean that in a positive sense in that you know one of the reasons it exists is for as many countries around the world to participate as possible so you know yeah um, the... but it does have an impact on you know, the structure of your events then because you're not necessarily, you know, like even when your your top countries, like your, your countries with the largest number of riders can only send four and one of those has to be a TT rider as well, um, it, it makes your team selection brutal. Brutal, brutal, brutal. And the other thing about it is that it means that I was, I was talking to someone, um, a, a team, someone who works for one of the federations, who was saying that, they hadn't really uh, they hadn't really grasped the th they're talking about the the problem you have balancing sending your riders to the best races versus sending your riders to the races that would get olympic qualification because if this country wanted more riders 
the best thing for them to have done would have been to send them to pop up races like the Israeli the, the Israeli races, um, you know, the, the, the Dead Sea Scorpion Pass race, for example. Yeah. Um, the South African races that happened last year, very, you know, with very small fields, very easy to. And that's why Cyprus and Israel are in there, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and but but what they're doing, what they've been doing, is sending their riders to the races that would suit their riders. Mm. So it's 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 a difficult. So you know, so it's like it's a difficult thing to do because do you want you know? And also it's money because say you're a um, country in Europe and you send a team over to Israel, that costs a hell of a lot more than sending them to Belgium or the Netherlands. I mean, this weekend, yeah, for example, yeah. like I'm saying, there's two races in France, there's a race in Germany and a race in the Netherlands that are very very close to each other. Um, there's two races in in the Ukraine. Now, sending someone to those two races in the Ukraine, especially an ITT rider, because one was a TT, would have been better for Olympic qualification. But that means that you're going to have to skip another weekend in Europe sometime because, you know, just because the cost is so much bigger. So, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. And I mean, it's always hard and it's always well, difficult. It, it is. And I think it's also important to note that, like, there will also literally never be a perfect system. You know, yeah. there's there's yeah. always going to be someone who, rightly or wrongly, feels that they missed out, that they had a legitimate opportunity and were overlooked or or whatever. Um, you know, there's there's all, be that an individual rider, uh, a team, uh, a nation, or, or whatever. I mean, it's not pretty. I'm not saying that that makes it okay, but it is also just partly the reality of it too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I was reading a blog this week on Ella Cycling Tips by um, by Lauren Roney talking about having to come to the conclude to the, to the to the conclusion that your Olympic dream may never come true. And so for a country like Australia, which is, say, fourth, you know, yep. fourth, fourth, fourth down there, it's it's it, it might not be. Um, you know, it, it's really, really hard because, you know, riders riders work and work and work. And Peter was saying in his thing, for example, Kirsten Veal, and it's really difficult when it's a climbing course too. Yeah. Because sprinters win more points than any other kind of rider um, mm. because, you know, there's just so many more sprinty races. So Kirsten Veal has brought in a massive, massive amount of points for yeah. the Netherlands, but she would never get to ride this Rio course. Yeah. And so, yeah, so she's she's... So anyway, so Lauren Roney's talking about the Olympics and she's saying that she's not going to be in contention to go to the Games. And she's like, that's what she really, really wants. And they've not been a goal. And, you know, it's making the team for Worlds, which is Pancake Flat, would suit her better. Yeah. And she's kind of saying, it's like she says, she says, I'm a realist. I really did not think the course would suit me, but perhaps I should have had my teammate Gracie's attitude and said, fuck it. I'm not a favorite, but it's a dream of mine. And I might as well do absolutely everything possible to try and make it happen and die trying. Yeah. Yeah. But, and so she says, as I sit here in a cafe, I realize that even though the Olympic dream may never come true, my dream of being happy doing what I truly love has come true. Yeah. When I learned about the sport of cycling and started dreaming of becoming pro, I bought a cork board, glued a map of Europe on it, and then stuck photos of all the cycling greats I knew. Ina Teutenberg, Judith Arndt, Sarah Carrigan, and Nicole Cook, just to name a few. It was my dream board that I looked at every day. Mm. And with one word I live by, smack bang in the middle of the board, believe. Like, oh, <laughs> Lauren! <laughs> wow. wow. Oh, just, you know, and it's it's very, very difficult. And it's particularly difficult for the best nations in the world because, you know, when you're like talking about the Netherlands only being able to pick up four riders, that's just mad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and that's it. When you look at, you know, the Netherlands, Italy, you know, and, and we list them all over the, the place. You know, there's a it's not just that there's a large number of nations. There's a growing number of nations who could fill, you know, six, seven rider teams um and and but it would dramatically change the nature of what the olympic um racing is and i'm not yeah. saying and i'm not saying that that shouldn't change i'm just saying that's a vastly different process and yes you know what what i think we do need to do is we still have a very very small number it's something like 67 or something places mm. so there's not this is part of the problem is excuse me if I've got that number wildly wrong, but what, what it is, it's, it's much smaller than an average peloton size. And and I yep. guess that, like, say we're talking 20 years ago, that would reflect where women's cycling is, was. But it doesn't reflect where women's cycling is. And so it's it's kind of interesting because 
because we've got like maybe we're in a situation where the the UCI should be going to the IOC and saying, look, this isn't the same sport. It's not like say with a hundred meter race for a hundred. I used to run distance uh, fifteen hundred meters, for example. Yeah. Um, and cross uh, cross country is different because it's you know different course every time. But for fifteen hundred meters, it's the same sport regardless of where you are in the world, you know. And it's mm. the same sport regardless of the number of competitors. Whereas cycling, by its nature is different if you have a half-size peloton to start with and then out of that peloton a third of those riders maybe you know or, or a quarter aren't riders who can ride, ride with that peloton and who are going to be dropped very quickly which is what happens in the olympics then that's not cycling you know that's a different sport whereas yeah. you're running you're swimming you're um you know your triathlon that's the same sport I think maybe you know maybe just maybe cycling maybe cycling needs to go back to the UCI and kind of go look. So the UCI needs to go back to the IOC and say look, change it. <sighs> but interestingly, particularly, I have a good segue here because it was USA National Championships this week, and one of the countries that's the biggest, like, got the biggest fight on its hand for who gets to go to those go to the Olympics is the USA. Yep, and it's. As we've said every time, almost every week, the USA national championship national teams are decided by lawyers. Um, it's very controversial every time. Their rules are really woolly worded, so that they can, you know, they've had issues with people who were the chief selectors also coaching one of the riders in the past. Oh, oh. Blah, blah 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 blah. So, what I think was expected to happen <laughs> was that. Say, for example, Kristen Armstrong, who really wants to go to the Olympics, but hasn't been riding internationally, won the ITT by like a good solid minute, for example, that would give her a place to go. Right. Say, for example, in the road race, a rider, um, you know, won, won you know, say, say, for example, Ebby Stevens or Kristen Armstrong run the road race, that would give them a chance to go. Right. So the USA National Championships were really, really, really important, but also really interesting. I oh I have no doubt. I mean, it, unfortunately for me, they're also in like a really, really, really shitty time zone. Because um, <laughs> because I think like the races seem to finish at a semi reasonable time, like at a time that if they were starting at, uh, someone could possibly nag me into getting up to watch. But um, given that they finish at about seven a.m., that means that they start at about three a.m. or something. And they basically were four a.m. starts. For yeah, you. yeah. Um, and it's just like, unfortunately, my employer has an issue with me watching that. So, um, and I have an issue with not being paid. So yeah. it's just not going to happen. Um, but it's a, it did sound like it was an amazing sort of weekend that there was lots of really cool things going on. So yeah. Um, so talk me through it. Let me know. So out of the four spaces, Megan Guarnier already has her space booked in because yep. she's she's guaranteed because she won the she won the um, road where road nationals last year. If any American had won a flesh well on, Evie Stevens came second. She would have got an automatic spot. Yep. So and they had this issue about the time trial before this started. I was thinking the main time trial contenders were Kristen Armstrong and Evelyn Stevens, with maybe um, Amber Nebin, Carmen Small fighting to you know get that get, yeah, get a spot. Yeah. And Taylor Wiles wants to go. Amber Nebin wants to go. Lauren Stevens wants to go. Everyone wants to go. Uh, and um, Corin Rivera, the sprinter, wants to go. Um, I don't think it's a course Corin could win on, but yeah. I guess maybe she wants to go to help her teammates. I don't know. Or you know, so, she's just adopted Gracie's attitude and gone fuck it. It's a dream of mine. I'm going for it. So yeah, yeah. Um, but a rider who definitely adopted Gracie Gracie <laughs> was ITT winner Carmen Small, who had Ooh. been had been down the rankings in terms of who do you think is going to be one of those three riders? Oh, Bar Abbott wants to go to. Oh yeah. Um, what's Carmen Small won the ITT? And she won it 23 seconds ahead of Amber Neben, one wow. minute 08 ahead of Kristen Armstrong, Ooh. Brianna Waller in fourth, who's not allowed, who's not allowed, to, you know, not in the running, mm. Lauren Stevens in fifth, Evelyn Stevens in sixth at 153, wow. Taylor Wiles in seventh, 154. Wow. <laughs> Oops, it's got much harder. Now, yeah. I am perfect an advocate for Carmen Small going to the Olympics. I've got my ideal American team and Carmen Small's in my ideal American team. I've got a soft spot for Carmen Small. Um, 
Well, but it's, also, Khan I, I is one of those writers who immediately makes a lot more sense as an ITT writer who also has to help with the road race. And she has done, and she worked yeah. you know, she worked for years and years as a, as a, you know, we've seen her work as a domestique before. But more importantly, she's got, so for example, she was second in two stages of the Amakameen Bira and actually had the leadage jersey, which was Hilly. Um, she was third in the prologue. She came fifth in Kent Weddell game, which I know is flat. But she's got like some really strong, solid remarks. She was ninth in Het Noisblad, top 20 in Van Drenthe and Strade Bien, um, 20 and Tiel Winger Van Hagland. But the thing that she, 12th in Flesh Wallon, but the thing about, and, and that's really interesting because one of the interesting things about Mara Abbott and Kristen Armstrong is that they haven't been contributing much to the points to get the team to, yeah. to, the, to, to, the, to the to the to the to the thing so um also although our mara but won um she was part she won a state the itt stage at tour of the gila and she was um second overall in the amgen tour of california that's not the same as as that's just not on the same level even though it's world tour as as carmen as carmen small you yeah. know kind of you know, it, it's it's just it's just coming second in two stages of Imakami of, of Imakami Bira, for example. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's yeah, so oh so funny. Um yeah, so um Cat in the Pigeons, uh, uh Fox in the Hen House, all complicated. So then it's about the road race. So who's gonna win the road race? And I so you know it's it, the Winston Sen course isn't that hilly. So i I kind of my dark horse was Katie Hall. But yep. Despite tons of breakaways, it came down to a sprint, and it was won by Megan Guarnier. <laughs> Which I, I mean, talk about cement your your place. I mean, that's awesome. I predicted Megan Guarnier would win it, and I predicted it on the basis that Guarnier is absolutely on fire right now. Right now, mm, she won mm. the Inter of California. She's just been the most incredible teammate all year. She's um, on fire, yeah. and on all sorts of different courses. But also, she had the relax. She had the benefit of going in knowing that she didn't give a damn about any bollocks about the Olympic place. Yeah, she could just yeah. ride. So it was Megan Guarnier first, Corin Rivera second, Brianna Waller again third. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And then going down to look at the other big names for the for the Olympics, Carmen Small sixth, mm-hmm. um, Taylor Wiles tenth, Evie Stevens fourteenth, Kristen Armstrong fifteenth. So yeah, basically USA National Championships. What's it told us about what could happen in the in the Olympic squad? Nothing whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's still it's still an absolute bastard of a selection. I mean. Um... Oh. But so it's guess- it's going to be exciting, and honestly, I'm thrilled for Megan because, you know, I mean, yeah, we're we're quite fond of her here, and and we're fans. But um, she's had like last year and this year just such great years. I'm really excited to see her going to the Olympics you know, in fine form and so strong. You know, the thing about Megan Guarnier is she doesn't get things handed to her on a plate. Mm. Yeah. I get the impression, and this is my impression only, that she has had to fight for her team lead. You know, when she's team leader, she's become team leader after working her socks off for teammates. Do you know what I mean? All throughout yeah. the spring, for example, she's, she's worked her socks off for her teammates. She's had to fight and fight to prove that she deserves that team leader spot. She's not one of the riders who, for example, USA Cycling is obviously, and they when, and when I say they do this obviously, I mean they really do it obviously. She's not one of the riders that they're obviously backing. Yeah, yeah. You know, like she doesn't get the kind of hype that Corin Rivera gets. She doesn't get the support that Kristen Armstrong gets. She has, and and I and the thing I really like about Guarnier as well is that she is, she you know, like last year she suddenly started doing all this amazing descending attacking. Descending had been one of her weaknesses. She'd gone away over the over the off season. She'd worked super hard on her descending, and she came back stronger at it. You yeah, know? yeah. I, I, I loved it when Emma Pooley did it. I loved Mariana Voss when she, you know, when she really works on her climbing. I love yep. a rider who goes on. And Guarnier has really taken the hard path. The, the, the American model is that you stay in the States and you race for a team like Rally or 2016 or UHC and you come over for blocks of racing in Europe. Yeah. And yep. you. And and but you'd stay in the states where you know where your friends and family are, where you speak the language, where everything's easier, where you can keep a job down or go back to university or whatever. And I don't at all criticise riders who do that. You know, I don't at all criticise riders who will think actually I could be great, but 
but I've got other things. You know, my, my yeah, marriage is yeah. more important. My life is more important. It's important for me to be near, near my nieces or whatever. You know what I mean? I don't criticize people at all who do that. However, I do think that if you want to be at the top, you have to make that sacrifice in the same way as we always talk about the Aussies have to make that sacrifice. The Canadians, you know, Leah Kirkman had to make that sacrifice this year. Yep, yep. Um, all the Aussies do too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to be where the best racing is, then you just got to do that, you know. And it's similar to the, the whole Olympic thing. Again, maybe that's not the ideal, but it is the reality at the moment. So Yeah, yeah. and that's what Guanye did. That's what Megan did. She, she's, she, you know, she had that year where she was the only Anglo-speaking, native Anglo-speaker on the Rabo Live. You know, mm. it was much harder for Megan to be riding on Rabo Live for a season than it would have been for her to, you know, she could have got to, you know, she could have stayed with an American team and been more comfortable. And she was very definitely domestiquing there. Yeah. Where yeah. she could have been a lead rider for a smaller team, but she chose to learn that stuff and, and she learned so much. And yeah, I've got a big soft spot for Megan Guan. Yeah. I, I also like the fact that her, you know, her, her MSC is in the effects of alcohol on the brain. <laughs> brain cells grow back so you know yeah i think megan would disagree with you dear so um, yeah so i think if she was serious about that degree she'd have studied with me so <laughs> you know so mm. let's let's do the other two winston Salem races there was a crit past national usa national crit season which was won by corin rivera she is the best crit rider in the states and then on on monday Oh my God, is it so close? On Monday, it was the Winston-Salem Cycling Classic UCI race. Um, I am very, they all seem to be on very similar courses. <laughs> and one of the things I love about crits in the States and in Australia is the fact they have these really hilly crits. So it's like something I don't understand. Um, it didn't help that the, uh, that the, that the screen, the, the stream was quite crunchy. But yeah, it was a fun race. Um Lots, mostly American teams and riders, but with some international squads. And yeah, it was attacky, attacky, attacky. Ali Jagru was out solo, various attacks, various breakaways. Um, in the last 12 and a half kilometer lap, about 10k to go, Rossello Ratto attacked and got away solo. Nice. Um, it looked quite funny because it looked like UHC were leading the chase and it looked like they were kind of doing that thing where you, you know, where you don't want to catch them too soon because poor, poor, poor chasers had Valentina Scandalara, Ratto's silence teammate, yeah, yeah. sitting second and third wheel with the most unholy grin on her face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just picturing, you remember last year when Valley was making those great little videos like before races and stuff? Like, just, yeah. yeah, just picture her sitting second wheel and just like chatting to, to riders. Oh, hi, how are you? What are you here for? Yeah, I'm I'm just waiting for someone to catch so that I can attack. It'll be fine. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know that thing where a rider is super, super friendly and nice off the bike yep. and on the bike, they're an absolute bitch from hell. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so um, yeah, so Valet, there was Valentina, there was Scandalada sitting, sitting second or third wheel. Um, but the commentators were saying, "Oh yeah, it looks like they're biding their time and they're going to catch Ratto on the hill. They're going to make the make the attempt to catch because there's hills very close to the finish line." I'm like, "Huh? I think they've forgotten that Rosella Ratto is good at climbing." Apparently, because so, yeah. <laughs> it's only about a 35 second gap but like then it's they're, they're kind of oh yeah let's hold that gap steady hold that gap steady catch her on the hill that's not how it works with <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so um ratto won solo with uh valentina scandalaris in second place um, with that amazing uh run to the with that amazing uh run to, you know run 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 into the finish yeah. um yeah uh Corin Rivera third. No, yes, Corin yeah, Rivera yeah, third. Rivera so, said, yeah. so poor, bad weekend, bad weekend for Rivera because you know if he'd have won Winston Salem or USA Nationals, that would have given her a chance to say, hey, yeah, look, they had hills in it, I can get there, I can be in the Olympics. But yeah, that was um, <laughs> it didn't her plan didn't quite work. And um, yeah, si Silence's first win of the season. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, um, and, and a one-two punch at that. So not too shabby at all. Yeah, Ratto's first win of the season. Um, Scandalara really wanted to have a great spring. Her plan for the spring was to have a great spring and to then um, race, then to get her Olympic spot. 
and she was sick for most of the spring and it was a bit of a disaster and I don't know if she's you know so I'm really 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 happy for Valentina Scandalara right now because I know she'd have felt that spring you know she didn't finish Strade, Drenta, Gent with Elgem, Ronda van Vlaanderen you know those were goals she didn't finish them she DNF'd them she had to have breaks out of the riding so you know it's gutting for gutting for her um you know she missed a binder is her is her uh home race and she mm. had to miss that you know so yeah so it's been a, an undoubtedly hard start to the year for her so you know great to see not just the team but also her right back at the front end of the yeah. race so but you know what's really fascinating about silence is they're built around shelly olds yeah mm-hmm. um sprinter shelly olds and their DS is Manuel Le Cambre, um, Shelley Olds' partner. And Olds had a bad season. You know, we've talked about this before. She crashed um, in Drenta and then she um, crashed again in Binder. She, I think she was part of that crash. She was That crash happened where Trixie Warwick ended up having her kidney removed as a result yeah, of that crash. Yeah. And she was basically, um, she had head and neck injuries and she kept getting on her bike and she kept crashing. And it was just, oh, awful. But when the team were riding for Olds, all the other riders, all your Rattos, your Scandalaras, your Alison Tetrix, all those riders were were racing defensively around uh-huh. Olds. Yep, yep. Now that Olds isn't riding, because presumably, you know, head and neck injuries, oh my God. Yeah, um, yeah. But they're, they're attacking again. much more aggressive, which especially for someone like Valet, like that's much more the natural way for her to race anyway. Yeah, but you know what was really interesting is Valet's place this weekend. You know Valet's place of attack like a lunatic? Yeah. It's that thing where um, it's not... Um, how to put it? It's it's Valet is a very entertaining rider, but she didn't used to attack in the most clever places. <laughs> but I give her because she always entertained me when she attacked. Like, just, oh, Valentina. Her place seemed to have been taken by Taylor Wiles, who I adored all weekend for just trying and 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 trying. I really, really enjoyed her. really enjoyed Taylor this weekend. Um, maybe not the most sensible place <laughs> to attack. But, you know, again, also in the context of, you know, fighting for very tough Olympic selection and that sort of thing, you know, I mean, it is one of those, maybe it was a, a borrow from her, her teammate, Gracie Elvin, and fuck it, I'm going for it. It's a dream. You know? <laughs> um, do you want to talk, should we talk about Gracie Elvin's weekend? Yeah, sure. Speaking of, nice little segue there. Um, yeah. so... Should we start with the Bulls classic? Because Gracie was in that. Oh, okay. Um, well, I might need your help going back to the Balls Classic because that's that's going back quite a way. Um, and I can't, to be honest with you, remember exactly how the race unfolded. I know how it ended, but I can't remember how it really came about. So the um, the the so Bowles Rental Hills Classic. This is the one that goes over the Calberg about a hundred times, mm, mm. more or less a hundred times, um, pretty much. And it ended up with, um, basically, it ended up with this moment where you had a small group that included Lizzie Armitstead, Annick van Vleuten, Ashley, um, Ashley, Ash, Ashley Moorman Passio, Ellen van Dyke, Marianne Voss. And I think um, Ashley, Ashley Moorman Passio attacked, van Vleuten went with her, Armitstead didn't decide, actually, I'm not going to go after them right now, she says in the post-win interview, because she then got them later, one out of the three-woman group, mm. Arnott said first, Van Vleuten second, Ashley Newman Passio third, third. with, with Mariana Voss, Voss and Van Dyke 20 seconds but after them, and yep. then Tatiana Goderzo bringing up a group two, two minutes and one behind them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in that group, I do just want to mention um, also had Kat Garfoot in it, um, which will come into the story I will tell in just a moment. Yes. Um, so, so that was the Dutch race of the weekend. Bulls Classic. We've got a nice little video. All the videos from our, from the races we talked about and lots we haven't won't get around to are on our blog, prowomenscycling.com. Um, it is jam-packed with video this week. Um, yeah. yeah. Huge, so there's huge video. amount of video. Um, so there's, vid- there's a clip of that. 
And then on Monday it was Quick, which of course, no Sunday, I don't know when it was, on the 29th. It was on um, one of those days that was. One of those weekends. Yeah. Because this was the race that Gracie Elvin won last year. Yeah, which, which was. I believe was her first ever UCI win. Her first ever UCI win in Europe. Um, and, and so a race that she was keen on. Um, it was super interesting to me to read about how it worked, but also. Um, just before I get too far into it, I mean, goddamn, Gracie was generous in her um, her post race interview with the the team press release. Like, it's a very interesting story. Anyway, um, so it's 136 kilometers. Um, Gulick, oh, it's got the word Haradsbergen in it, which Haradsbergen, quick. Which what 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 do we know about Haradsbergen, Daniel? Look, once when I was in Belgium and was visiting on a um, Sunday. Uh, an Easter Sunday. Um, so for those who, who know the significance of that will understand the race I'm referring to. And I said to the the lady at the hostel I was staying at, she's like, what are you doing today? I was like, I'm going to Haradsbergen. And she, her face went from smiley to sad. And she went, oh, you want to see them suffer. <laughs> it's, it's one of those Flandrian climbs. It is one of those iconically beautiful Flandrian climbs. So yeah. any race that's called Quick Haraldsberg and Quick is, you know, you know that it's going to be cobbly, climby, brutal, yeah, um, yeah. terrible weather. <laughs> but just, I'll never forget the look on that lady's face. She was a sweet, sweet lady. And she's like, oh, you want to see them suffer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and you did. Yes, yes. So 136-kilometer race. Um, and, you know, it is interesting, I guess, in the context, too, of all the American racing that we've just been talking about is that, um, and, and again, not saying this is a bad thing, but you've got the one of those times of the year where the, the peloton is a little bit... Um, uh, fragmented might be a bit strong, but you know, there's there's distinct groups. It's split. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got groups riding in the US, we've got groups riding in Europe and, and stuff. But I mean, it was still a, a, a race full of heavy hitters. Um, and I think the, the biggest thing is there was a main break um, that included Emma Johansson and Annemiek van Vleuten early on. Um, Wasn't that a two woman break? Yeah, yeah. So there was, um, that was, that was around 50 kilometers to go, that one. There was an mm-hmm. earlier break, but that was. Oh, sorry. But this was the, this was the main one, sort of. Like you know, in in terms of reading the reports, this is the break that that kind of set up the race, as in terms of how it finished. So um, obviously, massive benefit to um, Wiggle High Five and Orica then to to have riders out the front. Everyone else has got to chase. Um, so it was it was pretty cool. Emma attacked on the uphill cobble, cobbles, and Anamik went with her. Uh, oh. Sorry, sorry, just just say that again. Yeah, That's exactly. just such a beautiful picture. Emma attacked on the uphill cobbles and Anna McQueen. Oh. You know, uh, you know I'm going to be so sad when Emma Johansson retires. At the I know, end of the season. I know. Again, actually, when you talk about a writer who who makes a lot of attacks, and sometimes I wonder, actually, because we talk about Emma a lot in terms of, you know, great finishing results and, and the writer who almost... A lot of the time, because she she has had those long runs with lots of seconds and stuff. But in in addition to her incredibly consistent performance, she one thing I really enjoy about her is that she is actually a very aggressive rider. Like she does, oh, so aggressive. She doesn't, you know, leave it wondering. She doesn't play caution. She, you know, she plays tactics, but she she certainly, you know, she'll have a go. Um, she is the classic classic case of a rider who will go in all kinds of different yeah. times but she's not she's not the best at that you know she's not the best best rider best best person for this like like Strade Bianchi for example there's literally no way Emma Johansson was going to win up that last climb with Lizzie Armitstead and Kat- yeah. Katarzyn at Neodoma however she was also totally. Maybe she could have done. You know, maybe, maybe cat. Maybe she could have. Maybe she could have caught a jump on them. Yeah, Do you know what exactly, I mean? Like, exactly. like it's, you're it's, only you're only five seconds of their hesitation away from a gap, or you know, yeah. or further down the road, uh, an unlucky puncture or or a, or a missed corner, misjudged corner yeah. away, or, or they start messing around. Whatever. And yeah, exactly. House in the wrong place. Like, like you know, you don't know yeah. unless you try. And and that's it. You know, you've got to sort of create these situations and and. You know, to her credit, she does this all the time, and and yeah. So anyway, Emma attacked on the uphill cobbles, 
and anime went with. <sighs> Sorry, I'm just going to have to imagine that again. Yeah. Emma attacked on the uphill cobbles of her of of a race with Gerard Bergen in the title. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I wish that one had been streamed. That was the race I wanted to watch out of yeah, all the races. Yeah. This, this, out of all the road races this weekend, this was the one. I'm this one and Bowles Rental are the two that I wanted to watch because the Kalberg, Herardsbergen. Oh my god! Yeah, absolutely would have been awesome. Anyway, uh, the peloton did reel them back in, um, and it was close to the final um, when they were caught. And then Spratty, Amanda Spratt, did the Spratty thing to do in that situation and counterattacked. Um, <laughs> so brilliant little counterattack, which made Bowles Dolman chase, um, which was really nice for them. But Anna Meek then got an opportunity to sort of slip back in um recover a little bit and she got gracie back onto her wheel and then started the sprint lead out with about 400 meters to go and so led her out for the sprint uh gracie won uh with lottie Kapeki for lotto sudal and elise delzen also for lotto sudal in second and third sarah roy for orica came in fourth and chantal black for bowls in fifth wow that was an interesting one that sounds like an epic race. It, it like just really does, doesn't it? And what I was alluding to earlier is that Gracie really went out of her way to pay credit in her post-race comments to um, the the team for um, you know they've just come from their a team training camp and they were really working on tactics and communication and um, and she said that the the confidence that they had in themselves and each other and and all of that was just really good on the day and it was just in a really, really good place. Um, and then obviously, you know, pay credit to the support staff and, and everyone else as well. So, and, and it is something that we've commented on a lot too, is that Orica do not have the best history with great tactics. And so <laughs> it's yes. interesting to me to see, you know, and yeah, one race does not a trend make, but it's interesting to see, you know, Gracie and, and the team talking about those things and talking about having addressed those things and then starting to see results like this where, you know, they get in the early attack, they manage it well, they counter-attack, and then, you know, two riders in the top five. Um, you know, it, it's it's quite nice. But my absolute favourite thing, my absolute favourite thing about this particular race is that in the Sydney Morning Herald, which is one of the major daily newspapers here, um, is uh, we covered the the result in their coverage and being an australian newspaper the opening paragraph includes a quote from gracie's twitter uh, <laughs> um a mud covered gracie elvin capped off a perfect day for an orica ais team that worked their asses off <laughs> <laughs> never change <laughs> awesome. and i'm happy i mean gracie elvin has been one of the riders who really stepped up this spring she had an, a fantastic spring she's been having a bit of a break since spring and oh my god she's deserved it because um she came second in the ronda van drenta um and she just had let's let's just have a quick look at Gra- uh, gracie elvin because she had uh, she was she kind of she was fifth overall in the ladies tour of Qatar. She was uh, she kind of she was seventh in Drenta Acht, the second in the Ronda van Drenta. She tried and tried in all of in Strade Bianchi. She tried in all kinds of races. Um, it's great to see her win a race again because yeah. she's really she's really really stepped up this season, and I'm I'm just happy, and I'm happy to see you know it, it's nice to have a race with happy memories. Um, you mentioned Elise Delzen um, coming third. That was actually her third podium of the weekend because in the classic Morheban in France, that was won by Christine Majerus of Bowles Dolmans with um, Elise Delzen second and Amélie Rabat third, two Frenchwomen third. Then they had the um, GP, the, the, the GP Plumelec Morheban, yep. uh, which was won by Rachel Nalen. Yeah. Racing for the Australian national team with Christine Majerus second and Elise Delzen third. Yep. So good weekend for Majerus. Good weekend for Del, Del, Denzel, Del, Delzen. Delzen. Del, Delzen. Good weekend for Aussie. Um, the other road races, let's just get them out of the way. They had the um, the uh, uh, the the Horizon Park Ukrainian road race, which was won by Tatiana Ryabchenko ahead of Arena Semyonova with Hannah Solovey in third. Yeah. And then they had the VR Women's ITT um, the day after, 
which was won by Valeria Kononenko, second Ryabchenko, third Hannah Solovey. When we're talking about Olympics, I think this means that Ryabchenko will get to the Olympics over Solovey. I I feel a little bit shitty for saying this, but I really hope so. I really hope so too. So yeah, yeah. We're, we're basically all about um, Ryabchenko. It's Ryabchenko, she hasn't been caught for doping yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's that's not to imply that we think she will be. It's, it's, it's to just, contrast with someone who has. <laughs> yes. Um, speaking of doping, we also heard this week that Blaza Klemenczyk, who is a Slovenian mountain biker, um, has been... Um, her, I think her EPO tests were blood bags were retested because she's basically done for EPO back in 2012 and so now serving a two year ban um, you know it's that doping thing isn't it it's always good to see people caught because you want to see people caught but it's shit to see people caught because yeah. you don't want them to be doing it exactly it's, <sighs> it's, the, it's the classic parental thing I'm not even mad I'm just disappointed yeah, yeah. um I said hurrah for the Aussies. The other Aussie big news this week was the announcement of the Aussie Paralympic team uh, for Rio, which was great, except it was a little bit confusing because I was reading down the yeah. list and going, oh my God, no Carol Cook. Oh my God, no Simone Kennedy. Oh my God, no Alex Lisney. Alex Lisney is also known as Alex Green. I was very upset and because uh, their names weren't on there. And then I realised that the numbers in the article didn't add up to the numbers of names. And yeah saw that oh, Alex Lisney's definitely going, Carol Cook's definitely going. So, hurrah. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, did uh, you know that in the last year, the biggest hit on our site, the third biggest hit of articles on our site, has been for how to follow the paracycling track worlds? Um, that is awesome. I think I saw you say something about that on Twitter, yeah. Yeah, uh, that is bigger than the number of people who looked at my, oh my God, British cycling. That's yeah. bigger than the world's coverage. That's bigger than the Ronde van Vlaanderen, how to watch the Ronde van Vlaanderen. Normally the biggest hitters on my on our blog are kits, how to buy clothes, yep. voting posts, um, and how to watch races live. And I'm just super happy because some, a lot of people, oh, you know, no one wants to watch disability sports. Oh, hell yes, they do. Exactly. It's the classic dismissal of something that a person personally isn't interested in, which I find really interesting, actually, from a from a psychology point of view is like, basically, you know that you're about to be a, pre uh, a prejudiced motherfucker. And so instead of just owning it and presenting yourself as the bigot you fucking are, you go, oh, yeah, no one wants to. No, no, you no don't want to. You don't no want to when you're too much of a chicken shit to say so. Like, it's you. You're the problem. Just fucking deal with it. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> um, other Aussie news was over in the BMX world, champs, because, yeah. of course, you had a big, big favourite yeah, in Caroline Buchanan. Awesome. Yes. Um, Caribbean cat. Now the BMX World Championships in Medellin. I'm trial only. It's really interesting. It's... <laughs> the Medellin. It's an outdoor BMX track in the most incredible landscape. It's like it's like on this big hill, um, surrounded by mountains. So all these photos of riders like mm. doing mad, mad, crazy jumps in the air with beautiful, beautiful Colombian mountains in the background. Now, just to, the... just to clarify, it, it it was the BMX World Championships, legitimately so, not the Escobar Family Classic. So just being oh! so, yeah. So bad. <laughs> I'm not having Colombian BMX talked about in that way. It's in the um, the, the 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 stadium was um, named for national hero, former world champion Mariana Pajon, who's an absolute heroine. Like all the commentators were talking about, like how they'd you know they come out of the hotel and she just couldn't get in and out of the hotel because the people stopping her to take her photo. Um, her father like apparently took the course in hand, not because he wanted to make the course good for Mariana, but because he wanted to make it good for world BMX. Yeah. Um, Mariana Pajon has this amazing foundation that she started to kind of help kids like, you know, use sport to achieve their dreams and not get into crime. She's like a legit superstar out there. But so, you know, so there was a lot of pressure on her to, on home territory. And um, yeah, the um, ITT started with the ITT, the time trial, which was won by Caroline Buchanan, world champion. <laughs> And that was the end of the weekend and no more BMX racing happened. It was weird, but, you know, that's just the way it is. <laughs> 
Well, then we came to the main event. You know what? I think BMX is fascinating to watch because it is so, so short. Like each race is tiny short, hella short. It's it's literally the riders live and die, you know, almost literally by go hard or go home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, when, when your whole... When your whole start to finish, I mean, like, it's it's the sprint to end all sprints, isn't it? Because it, it's literally like, you know, 48 seconds. Well, the winning race clip, which shows the entire final run and has the post-race interview and has views on the on the podium takes three minutes and one second yeah and that's only it's only that long because they showed the race a second time in slow motion i mean yes. it's it's insane how quick it is and and that's not to knock it i mean it's literally like you were saying you know it is it's it's all or nothing it's live or die it's your heart on your sleeve it is just going for it without thinking about it you know over in moments fully committed to it yeah eight people on the track at the same time taking these tiny sharp corners so you don't even have to you don't even have to um like like it's not even your own self so you how hard you hit those jumps and how hard you go for things is one thing but you don't need but if someone you know if someone else overshoots it and takes out your back wheel yeah you're you're fucked you're that's you that's yeah it, that's exactly it's and there's, and there's no point, do-overs there's no time penalties there's no sprint bonifications there's no fucking coming back it's just yeah 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 so yeah so anyway so the the um the big the big the world the world championships happened um super 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 fast super incredible racing mariana pajon won the um world champs and um it looked like the usa rider elise post was in second place except for fact a final late surge by caro buchanan who came third um yeah it was spectacular i mean you can tell this is this is if the, the thing to watch is the junior is the for example the junior women's race where crashes happened but um and ruby hoisman from hoisman from the netherlands was the one who won you're like wow you know this is it's 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 amazing it's amazing racing and if you are you know like i say it doesn't take very long to watch so if you just want to watch that one race then yeah. go to our site prowomenscycling.com watch the juniors too because it's always fun to watch the juniors yeah and look let's be honest it's Sorry, great Cara? i was just gonna say it's great to watch the juniors and as we've just explained it's not like it's going to take all your day up or anything like you can you can do this all in a couple of minutes but it is amazing racing and it's yeah courageous racing and it's exciting yeah. racing so just yeah and and if you know this basically means that when you also when it means that when you come to the olympics and you're sitting there in the pub and the bmx is on in the background or something or your mates are talking about oh my god i've just heard that caroline buchanan you can be yeah yeah you know her biggest her biggest rivals and Ariana Prajon and elise post but watch out for the dutch they're really up and coming and the french manon valentino in a couple of years time wow watch for her it's you know that's that's basically what to do it's going to be awesome um, other awesome racing was the mountain bike, the cross country, the third round of the cross country World Cup in La Bresse in France. And speaking of all or nothing, do or die, oh my God! Like, um, it's been interesting because the first two rounds were won by Annika Langvad, and we haven't seen until now the two big names, two big young names of the last couple of years: Pauline Franprevot, who's been sick, yep. and Yolanda Neff, who didn't go to Cairns, and I don't know what happened to her last race. I think she was just getting over an illness last race. Right. So right. Yolanda Neff started on the second row, and this is you know because you're gridded up in mountain bike, like in cyclocross, being on the first row gives you a massive advantage for getting yep. away, especially in a course like La Bresse where the first climb is pretty much almost straight out of the gate. But um. She had a slight advantage because she was gridded behind one of her Swiss and Stockley teammates who very kindly <laughs> let Neff <laughs> past her. Oh, yeah. Neff got an absolutely incredible start, like really, really super fast start, took everyone by surprise, was La Bresse is known for, it's got tough climbs, but the really, really tough, tricky technical descents. Yeah, it and it, was, it, had, it looked really wet. So Oh, it had rained all the night before. Yep. So it was muddy, it was wet, it was hellish. These technical descents were mad. But Yolanda Neff just took them like, I do not care. I am having these descents for breakfast. Rah! I Let just, me just go for it super fast. I absolutely love the, the photo of her crossing the finish line where she is like coated head to toe in mud. There's mud on her fucking teeth. 
so like so she is going she's out there leading right she's out there leading it's five laps she's taking these these descents in the the, 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 the commentators um are just laughing at the way she's taking the descents because she just is like no no fear no fear at all and you know and it's like yeah one of those is bart Brench, brenchens who's an olympic gold medalist <laughs> <laughs> So he knows he knows his shit so you're sitting there watching it and it's mad and she goes and then on on the third lap her wheel gets stuck and she just kind of goes her bike goes she goes straight over the top her bike goes straight over the top lands on a cameraman which is you know my ideal of a my ideal crash point <laughs> gets back has to get back on the bike and carries on riding and you're like wow and so the commentators are saying does this mean she's going to take the descents more carefully on on lap four no no oh. she doesn't she's just like Rah! down them but on lap four she's out solo she has emily batty behind her and then she has um catherine pendrell former world champion gaining on batty both two canadians right. and coming in on this on the last descent on the last lap the commentators noticed that yolanda neff has a puncture Oh, so she has to ride with a back wheel puncture. She's just riding and riding around to the pits. Now in mountain biking, you have to keep your frame. It's not like cyclocross where you get a full bike, you well, full bike change. In mountain biking, you keep your frame, but because you know because it's a it's difficult courses. They're bolted in. They're bolted in back wheels. They don't have quick release like they do oh, on road. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 So yeah, well, that's the last thing on is your quick release lever snagging on a on a rock or a branch or something yeah. and flipping open right. and fixing your wheel. So. so Batty is getting closer and closer and closer. Neff is just standing there, absolutely cool as a cucumber. Well, while it's quite a long bike change, it's like, hang on, this is taking quite a long time. She's having a drink. She's, she's yeah. just standing there. And just as her bike gets fixed, Batty catches her, catches up to her. Shit. So they go into the last lap with Batty and Neff together. And Ka- and and Catherine Pendrell just like a couple of seconds behind, and then the because there's not cameras on every part of the course, they flip away to show the splits. When yep. they flip back, it's Batty, Neff, and Pendrell together in the beginning of the last lap, in the last going up the last climb. Wow! Wow! Super exciting! It's like damn, Neff has had such a good race up to this point. You know what's? But then also, you know, you've got this thing where you also know that. That, uh, that 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 Pendrell is such an experienced rider. Neff is this young, don't give a fuck, still technically in an under twenty three category. Pendrell is this experienced rider who's caught right back. But you know, Neff was known last year for going out too far. You know, not maybe not last year, but you know, a couple of years before for going out too fast. What's going to happen? But mm, mm. Neff was just too strong, pulled away. One solo, as you say, covered in mud, mud everywhere, except for not in her enormous pile of hair. I don't understand how you can have that much hair. And, <laughs> and, and not get and mud through it. Um, her amazing, 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 amazing white blonde curls are apparently mudproof. Well, it, unless they were actually even whiter. <laughs> and that's like, I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, or... Or it's entirely possible, based on on the rest of the photo, that the course actually just ran out of mud <laughs> before it got yeah. to the hair. Like, yeah. So, F wins. Catherine Pendrell second. Emily Batty third. Oh my god, that was a good race. If you've never watched cross country mountain biking, then just go to our site and watch it. Yeah, um, you can see yeah. the race replay. If you just want to watch the last lap, that kind of kicks in about the one minute twenty five um, in the Red Bull. It's on Red Bull TV, so of course it's all there for to yeah, watch. Yeah. But if you know, that probably take about twenty minutes. She does a great interview with her afterwards, where they're going, "Weren't you stressed? Like when you crashed and when you when your bike yeah, yeah. wheel changed? Weren't you stressed? Nah." <laughs> <laughs> no, I knew I was having a good day. <laughs> Holy shit! I don't think That's she knows magic. the meaning of the word stress. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh my so that, god! That was, yeah, so that, that was the week in racing. Yeah, yeah. So just a few things to cover. Um, what have we got coming up? Oh my god! Well, first of all, the peloton are in um, are in uh, Quebec because we've got the uh, the tomorrow we've got the um, GP Gatineau, and then on the day after we've got the Chrono Gatineau, which is the ITT, and both lovely races um, in Canada. Uh, we've got then <laughs> on. 
I'm just laughing because it's wonderful, you know. I'm laughing because it makes me super, super yeah, happy. Yeah, 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 whatever. You're laughing because you got me to snort because you said Canadia. <laughs> <laughs> On the Sunday, we've got the Zwiedkemser Ladies Classic in Belgium, which is streamed live. We've got the Fort William Downhill World Cup. Oh, my God, which is streamed live. And we've got the Philadelphia International Cycling Classic, which is the ninth round of the UCI Women's World Tour um, on that also on Saturday, which is also streamed live. Uh, sorry, Sunday, also streamed live. Um, oh, the Maniunk Wall is basically, we say this every year, but Philadelphia Classic is very, very special. It's the same course pretty much forever, like 30 odd years or something. They basically invented the Maniunk Wall by organisers basically walking through the entire city trying to find brutal hills to send a <laughs> race up. And so what was an ordinary little street in Maniunk in Philadelphia became the Maniunk Wall. And it's got, um, and it's always known for having lunatic crowds cheering and screaming and drinking and having the best time uh it used to be in the middle of the race now the race finishes at the top of it which makes it so much more fun but giving a climbing race it's it was won in 2014 and 2013 and 2014 by evelyn stevens in its yeah. first iteration as a climbing race lizzie armistead won it last year armistead's not going to be there but stevens and guanier are and watch out for tons more fighting for us who gets to race the um who gets to race basically for usa um places in the usa national team yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is a beautiful race and i really recommend you watch it um yeah maybe maybe i'll do some uh mixler commentary for some of those races if i'm if i'm if i'm around but yeah it's um it's gonna be fun, be fun. yeah yeah um, if you if you want to know the timings of them, the uh, the let's let's do let's do some timings. So if you're sitting, there, I can't watch three races all afternoon, Sarah. Oh my God, how how, how why are you doing this to me? <laughs> um, yes, you can. Um, the the World Cup is the the the. the um, the mountain bike world cup is on at the same time as the belgian uh, race but you can split screen um basically the mountain bike world cup starts at 2:30 uk time which is um 3:30 european time 11:30 at night aussie time uh, 9:30 in the morning in usa edt um the swedkemser classic starts half an hour later and then the philadelphia classic is on at um sorry dan 12:30 usa edt 5:30 in the evening bst britain 6:30 in the evening european time 18:30 and then it starts 4:30 in the morning in australia sydney time yeah yeah thanks thanks for that that's that's just fucking great so I don't. <laughs> I mean, I, but like you said though, Dan, if you got up at seven thirty in the morning on the Monday, <laughs> then you could watch. Like you set your alarm clock and Look, get up at seven I'm not on Monday saying, morning. Watch it before going to work. I'm not saying that I don't hate myself. What I'm saying is I don't hate myself that much. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on. Seven in the morning. You could just lie in bed no, and watch it on no, your phone. No. Lie in bed and watch it no, on your phone. No. Just You'll not. love it. No. Imagine... No. Then no. you get into work, no. bounce into work Incorrect. with a happy smile. No. You could do live commentary with me at seven in the morning. Unless someone is bringing me coffee, like waking me up with coffee, bacon, and beer, then no. Just no. And even then, possibly not. I might just be like, yeah, I'll save that for later. Like... Just no, no. So moving on to um, interesting things we've seen. One of the things that I saw this week was again in the Sydney Morning Herald. Um, the University of New South Wales has actually done a study of data collected over the last four years in Sydney um, with information from apps like Strava and um, and another writing app here. Um, totally anonymized for anyone who's worried about that sort of thing, but just tracking trends in, in cycling in the city of Sydney. So, you know, identifying which streets and roads get cycled on the most, um, length of trips and that sort of stuff. One of the interesting things that they turned up is that only 25% of trips up to five kilometers are undertaken by women. And the longer that they, longer a trip is, the, the more that percentage drops. Um, which I don't think is really a big surprise to anyone who's familiar with cycling in a major city. 
that is not cycling friendly. But, you know, is a positive note in my book because at least it's been identified, quantified and being investigated. So hopefully we'll start to see some change. Um, the number one factor that's been reported so far from that data is that, um, and again, it's a bit of a no-brainer, but good cycling infrastructure is the main disincentive because we don't have enough of it. And so, yeah, yeah, it said it said that women are less likely to. I mean, we know this. This is this comes up in every one of this. Women are less likely to take risks, which which I think is sometimes worded in a kind of women are risk averse. But what I take it is women are better at <laughs> analysing evidence, evidence making evidence based decisions. Yeah, well, I, I read it. I read it also as um as women are less um bullied by toxic masculinity into believing that they need to prove themselves by taking on unnecessary risks you know i mean yeah. guys will just do stupid shit because um, <laughs> yeah so speaking from long years of experience i've, I've um, seen a lot of guys do stupid things i myself am incredibly intelligent and have never done a stupid thing ever so i've never heard of you doing a stupid thing never just doesn't happen I, stupid no. things are not my thing um, so, you know, that was a, that was an interesting, that was an interesting, um, you know what I wondered about it? Yep. I wondered about, about, about whether about, I mean, no, this is, this is the sort of annoying question I have about things like this. So I think it's probably roughly right, but I did wonder about how much of that when you're basing things on apps like Strava and stuff. I, I, I'm really interested in what the, uh, uh, gender split is of people who use them. Because I yeah. also think that if you are only, and I also wondered about maybe it also self-selects in because if you are making short journeys, you're probably less likely to have Strava. Yep, yep. So I was, I, I'd be really, really interested to like, it's you know, it's actually, one of those studies that you want to read it. But I, th I yeah. I'm not saying that to take away from the no, key no, no, messages no. It's at a, all. It's a, it's a great point. It is a great point. I mean, I don't know if if the woman referenced in the article is taken from the the study data but in the in the newspaper article they've spoken to a, um, a couple of women the main one um, featured being a, a woman who cycle commutes um, and stuff so you know it, but it, I think it's an, an excellent point is um, you know the the kind of people who have access to that technology definitely yeah 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 anyway so yeah so come back next week we'll <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a lot to talk about. Dan will Dan will have Dan will be saying talking about how excited he was that he got up at extra early on a Monday morning to watch the race with me. And it will literally never happen. Ever. Like, <laughs> like even if I did get up, I would never be excited about it. <laughs> I've seen you, your happy morning face. Actually, I was gonna say me. you've actually literally seen me in the morning. And that was when I was in a good mood because I was on holiday. <sighs> so like you, you know, you know better than this. This is all right, guys. I love Sorry. it when you squeak. We 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 have to go because I need to spend another hour berating Sarah. So <laughs> thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Thank you very much. Oh oh, and and go to uh, Patreon.com/slash/WomenCycling. Give Sarah money. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>